it was really easy to think, wow, hey, great. Yeah, let's work together. Yeah, that's a great opportunity. And, and before you know it, you have a list of 250 to 300 partners that you got to get back to and develop a plan and all that. And for two people, that was almost impossible. Welcome to SaaS Connect, the SaaS Partnership Podcast, brought to you by the Cloud Software Association. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to SaaS Connect Online. I'm Rajiv Ramanan from Spendflow, your host for today. I'm also a board member at uh, Cloud Software Association. Today, we have Paul from Zoom. So Paul is the ISV program leader at Zoom, and we all know Zoom is our best friend during the pandemic and has been a company hugely inspirational for, to a lot of us across the world. And this conversation is going to be is extremely special because we have seen Zoom's really Zooming past in this pandemic and has really created an environment for all of us to work together, even though all of us were not available in the same place, extra, a huge amount of business was done primarily because of Zoom as well. So thanks to Paul for taking time and joining us today. I just want to set some ground rules. If you have any questions through the talk, please fire them away in the Q&A section below. And also request you to join the Cloud Software Association Slack channel so that you can get to know about us a lot more. And also we are having the physical SaaS Connect event end of April in San Francisco. This is the only partnership event across the world run by partnership professionals for partnership professionals. And if you are interested in partnerships, you should be there for sure. So welcome, Paul. And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, well, happy to be here, Rajiv, and thanks for the invite to join this community and this session. And my name is Paul Miyagi. I run our ISV partner program here at Zoom. Been at Zoom for just under two years now, so was baptized by fire in the whole pandemic here at Zoom, and just it's been a roller coaster of a ride this last probably 18 to 24 months, and love to share some of our learnings and some of the things that we went through with that in terms of this conversation, so looking forward to it. Amazing. And we are extremely happy to have you here, Paul. I think quickly start with the topic of um, the talk, right? So the topic that we really want to deep dive in is how tech partnerships is now the rocket fuel for growth. So partnerships, we all know, has evolved quite a lot over the past few years, and especially technology partnerships today, with the amount of exposure that companies have into tech partnerships, how open ecosystems have become and how significant ecosystems have driven growth for a lot of companies. We believe that ecosystem-led growth is the next stage in growth for a lot of technology companies. And with that topic in play, I really want to start by first understanding about Zoom and why Zoom launched a technology marketplace and a partner program. What were its core objectives? If we get an answer to this, this will really clarify a lot of things for all our partnership viewers. Sure. No, really good question. And yeah, happy to share. So in terms of Zoom's perspective, I mean, our launch of our marketplace in particular happened a few years back. And the main goal at that time was really to start to signal to the market and to larger kind of ecosystem of partners that wanted to integrate with Zoom, that there was a place for them to be able to do that. So pre-pandemic, we had about 500 or so partner applications on our marketplace. As of today, we're just over now 1,600 applications on the marketplace. And so a lot of that growth has happened in and during the pandemic for sure. 
But at its core at Zoom, building and launching our marketplace was really about putting in much more of an emphasis on the Zoom platform. We've really been trying to move and transition our organization from Zoom as the killer app that everyone knows and uses and loves, hopefully, but and then transition that to Zoom as the platform and allowing third parties to really start to build in a lot of different ways their business and build it either by integrating into Zoom or build on top of Zoom. And we really wanted to make that as flexible as possible. So after we launched it and when I came on board, we really started to see a couple different types of partner types emerge. And so we received a lot of demand from partners that wanted to either embed Zoom. So really kind of integrate it really into the DNA of their product and launch that as part of their platform. And also to integrate into Zoom and just make their application available or compatible with Zoom. So think of like calendaring applications, messaging applications, HR applications, you know, those types of things, events became real big areas for us. And, you know, we really wanted to emphasize the ecosystem and these various partner types and really start to do things that as Zoom as a core offering, we knew was outside of our scope. And so having that really robust ecosystem was really important to us and to Eric to make sure that for our customers, our mission being delivering happiness, that delivering happiness isn't always just about Zoom, but it's also about all the other integrations and things that go into that as well. That's fantastic, Paul. So you mentioned that there are over 1,500 integrations before the marketplace was launched. So given that there are so many people who are already integrated, how did you go about structuring your launch? That itself might be might have been a huge challenge. And how did you go about selecting your key partnerships with whom you wanted to make the launch? And can you walk me through the launch process? That would be very interesting to learn. Yeah, sure. So from a Zoom perspective, we're very much a customer-focused, almost maniacally-focused organization. So anything and everything that we do has to come from demand and access and asks from our customers and things that they're looking for. So we listened very intently on our customers' feedback, as well as our field sales organization and our channel partners as well, what they wanted to see and continue to see and what was important to them. So we listened and we also looked at the data. So data is a big thing here in terms of, you know, decisions that we make and where we go next. And so if both showed us the way, then that was the path we took. We actually continue to do this today, by the way, in terms of looking at both data and customer feedback and really played a big role in terms of our launch of a new type of marketplace framework for us that we call Zoom Apps, which I can get into later. But in terms of the marketplace in general, it was just another way to provide more of a reciprocal relationship between third-party applications and Zoom and really start to tie those bonds a little bit tighter between our two groups. So for partners that we wanted to embed, for instance, we actually work for them. So there's actually quite a bit of partners that really look to leverage our SDKs and our APIs and really, in some cases, reinvent Zoom and build it in such a way that really fits a certain kind of process or workflow. And so we actually give them access to our developer advocacy team, which is above and beyond like our dev forums and things that we have. So they really have FaceTime with them, as well as our marketing teams to help them really build the best embedded experience and then launch that on their platform to the world and really kind of get behind that and help them with that. So with that, when I first started building the framework of that part of the program, then 
It was important for us to then expand on that. And so we've now created more of like an amplification site. It's a site we call, or under the URL, it's partner.zoom.us forward slash ISV. And that's a special area for certain partners that we've invited into the program. And we want to do even more amplification and sponsorship with them into the market. So we found that our marketplace with over 1,500 apps, it gets really crowded and really noisy. And so we wanted to have something separate from that to really provide partners a clear path to then further amplify what they're doing with us and with our platform as well. Awesome. I think that's a great way to think about it because in most marketplaces, people struggle to show value to partners. Once it reaches a certain scale, it just becomes like the whole pure purpose of being on a particular marketplace dries down if the part, the, the relationship is not reciprocal. So right. again, you have such huge volumes. I'm curious to understand how are you measuring the success of your program? So how do you define your goals and how do you define your successes? So we measure success in a few different ways. Again, you know, we look at the data. So actually on our marketplace platform, we're able to determine, you know, how many installs of an app takes place, where users are actually leveraging their credentials to connect that app to their Zoom account. And so we look at data like that. We look at data in different regions, like if there's applications that are performing better in different areas or different verticals. And another way we look at and measure ourselves is based on the amount of users that we're opening Zoom up to. So for example, we have a partner that's embedded Zoom into their recruiting and gig worker platform. And their platform has about 20 million users on it today. And so most of those users obtain their access to Zoom through that recruiting platform. So in a sense, Zoom has now made available another 20 million users that probably didn't have Zoom yesterday or have a Zoom account, but they have it in conjunction with our partners. And so that's where we're starting to see a lot of the value creation being created is at least from my side and my team, we want to really make that partner's app the star and Zoom just becomes a value add for that. And we know our brand and we know what kind of emphasis we give to the market in terms of our brand. And so I think having that sense of being humble and working with our, our partners and making sure that their application is the star is a good mentality for us to have. And so between that and the revenue and the amount of users, you're going to start to see more and more signaling to the street, hopefully around this metric that we've been using internally for a while now. But there's a whole sense of community and things like that that we're really excited that we get to get introduced to that probably either didn't know about Zoom, which is unlikely, or don't have a Zoom account, which is probably more likely in their respective work areas and things like that. So it's pretty cool to see that happen. Wow, that's really great. 20 million users from an application is really amazing. And now that is probably becoming a good distribution channel for Zoom. And it, it's a huge win for both you and your partner. So congrats on, on that relationship. Okay, so thinking about the scale, 20 million, wow, I'm still thinking about that number and coming to terms with it. So how did you, if you are able to provide so much value to different companies, I'm sure you'd be bombarded with inbound requests for being in your marketplace, et cetera, right? So how did you, from day one, did you start thinking about a large scaled program and set up your teams to scale with it? Or how did you structure your team? It would be very interesting to know that process. And also what were their core KPIs when you started setting up your team? No, really good question. And was something that put some thought into it for sure. 
and all that. But yeah, so when I started at Zoom in the early days of the pandemic, the demand for Zoom was at a historic high. And that actually translated very much into the marketplace side of things as well. And that can really be a blessing and a challenge at the same time. So first and foremost, we had to scale you know, my team based on the demand that we were seeing. So again, kind of back to the feedback and things like that. The first type of demand that we saw was in our embedded Zoom business. So we had hundreds of organizations reaching out to us that wanted to embed Zoom into their platform to say, reinvent a telehealth space or transform physical events or virtual event platforms that needed to go a hybrid or in many cases, like transforming the education space. We had a lot of partners in that area as well. So the team was what we initially put out to handle that demand to focus on that. Our marketplace demand around integration in particular could be handled in a lot of ways through a lot of self-service tools that we had. And so we made it hopefully really easy for partners to discover, well, how do I build an integration? How do I get it listed? How do I get it approved? Those types of things. And so we had a lot of automation kind of already built and we continually update that periodically as well to kind of fine tune it. But if they couldn't get the answer, through those self-service tools, then we actually have a developer community forum where they could actually ask questions, get access, and sometimes we provide them code snippets and other stuff or pointers on what they can do. But once we had mass, then that created a pretty crowded marketplace. So we then, in early 2021, we started building out a team to focus on our marketplace partnerships and created a means for partners that have listed their app to then contact us or we would contact them if there's interest in elevating the relationship with Zoom. We quickly learned through that that contacting us probably wasn't the best use of our time. We just got bombarded with all sorts of demand. So we turned it around into fill out this form, fill out this application. We'll get back to you if there's a fit and or if the data that we saw was astronomically like pointing in one direction or the, or the other, especially around installs and things, then we would proactively with that team actually reach out to that partner and invite them in. So today we're actually still in that invite only mode, just based on demand, but that's some of the things that, that we're doing today. So this team really kind of solely focuses on those key partners that we've identified and could grow together. And their KPIs are really based on the quality of the partnership versus the quantity. And by quality, it's what's that partnership doing in terms of moving the needle for Zoom? Are we able to provide more Zoom services? Do we sell more Zoom products like Zoom phone or Zoom events or things like that, where we can kind of start to see that kind of co-selling kind of motion start to happen and things like that. So the quality of those partnerships is really key. And because we're also looking at, for instance, was the partner investing in us too? Because we're also putting forward resources and things like that to support them. Are they going to be able to handle the demand if we really turn this on? Because our scale is pretty high and we need to make sure that the partners that we bring in into the program can actually handle the volume. So, Wow, that's awesome. So just to reiterate, if my understanding is right, so... You initially start for people who want to partner with Zoom, you start with self-serve. They go to your developer portal, they try to develop their apps and uh, publish it. If they need help, you have a community. And community is run primarily by a few developer evangelists from Zoom and the other developers in the ecosystem. I assume that. And post that, the app is submitted for Zoom. And you have a team that is reviewing every app and testing every app. Is that team available, Paul? 
Yeah. And that's one thing that's really important about our process. So security is really important to our users and to our customers. And so we actually have a team that reviews not only just the usability of the integration, so making sure does it make sense and does it flow well? Do Does the user understand how things work? Is there guidance, guides and pointers and support and those things? And then we actually do a separate security review to actually make sure how's the customer data being handled? Are they doing the right methods? Things like that, that we layer on top of that as well. So it can be a pretty extensive review when we do it. And usually that applies to the first time the partners created something. Usually when they do like updates and things like that, it doesn't involve as much, but it is something that we do do that that's pretty important. Awesome. Fantastic. And once the app is published, then there is a partner development manager that uh, will manage the particular partner if the partner falls under the managed partners category. Correct. Okay. Right. That's awesome. So, and also when you spoke about the co-sell motions, et cetera, so are the partner development managed, I'm getting very tactical here because I think that's the value that we can give to partnership professionals out there. So when the partner development managers take over a particular relationship, do they carry revenue numbers or will they, they'll be allocated a few partners, but when you spoke about that translates into revenues for Zoom or licenses for Zoom or Zoom events or stuff like that. So is that pre-allocated to those partners or uh, the metrics are arrived at based on what partners they manage? Yeah, I mean, we're still kind of early days on that co-sell motion piece. But one of the things that we do do is we actually measure kind of joint sales opportunities and things like that. We're actually sharing funnels and really connecting teams. We actually use our Zoom chat platform as well that maybe not everyone's super familiar with, but there is a way to, just like with Slack and things, we can create channels, we can chat with people. We actually create external kind of cross-company chat channels between our sales field and each one of these partners. And it's quickly identified and they can actually connect with each other on sales opportunities and things really easily. And so we glean activity levels on that as well as revenue numbers in terms of what kind of joint selling, how many opportunities have we done that and things like that. Down the road, we'll start getting more into revenue share, those types of things, as well as we evolve our marketplace to accompany that. But today it's more kind of a bootstrap grassroots effort that we're doing and really piloting this to see how it works well and then scale it later on this, this fiscal year. Awesome. Great, great, Paul. I think uh, that's very useful for everybody to know. And uh, yeah, I'm more excited about this question. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Zoom fund for startups and how it's helping startups around the world and Zoom to grow together? Yeah. Now, I like this topic too. So the Zoom fund was really an idea that came from a number of people within Zoom, not just myself, but especially from our Corp Dev and our Zoom Apps team and others where all of us were kind of working very closely with, at the time, with our Zoom Apps framework, which is really the ability to embed your app into the Zoom client. It was a new method. It was a new SDK. It was a new way to kind of do things. And the team was kind of inspired to kind of think differently and new about our ecosystem as well. And what other things could we be doing to kind of spark that? So with our ecosystem, we saw a lot of great innovation that was coming. Honestly, in my role, and my team's role to see witness every day what these partners were building was super fun and continues to be fun. And so we thought having a fund of sorts that could provide these startups a means to continue their path and grow with us was extremely important. 
so just like everything else at Zoom, I think we came up with the idea one week. The next week, we were kind of doing a proposal to our leadership team. And a few weeks later, we were able to launch something fairly, fairly robust and quick to the world and start to advertise that for that. And so it's really our culture, too, at Zoom to be builders and owners of our business. So it was just a natural to create a program to help seed the next innovative idea based on Zoom. So in terms of specifics, you know, with individual developers and such and startups, what I can share is that it's a great program. We feel has really created a great path for our developers and it keeps progressing. We launched our first wave of investments. I think it was like 15 or 20 startups or so. We have another wave that we're working on right now. And it's something every couple of quarters, we're just going to continue to invest in and launch for that. So I think in retrospect, when we launched it, the, our corp dev team who kind of handles the checks that we cut only had a few people on staff to do it. And I think our first day we received like, I don't know, something like 2000 applications or something. I don't know. It was a lot. And so it took us a while to really dig through what are the really cool ideas and what's going to move the needle to, I don't know if that's really going to work or not and see if it's, if it's going to work. But the Zoom Fund has been really a great program that really complements the ISV program now too. So. And you suddenly became one of the busiest VCs in Silicon Valley in a day. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, when it comes to selecting startups and stuff like that, that will be handled by the corporate team, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So many times they would help us in terms of the data, because I think from my program's perspective, there were also, we would like to see, and then between our product and our corp devs teams, they could really help us analyze where in the market competitive views, other things. And then that helped us in terms of determining who kind of made those shortlists for that. And then we would invite them, they give us five minute presentation, just like they would be doing at a VC. And we would get a good understanding and then work with them or not work with them uh, based on that presentation. So. Okay. Amazing. And you don't have a plan to launch an accelerator or incubator of your own. It is primarily going to be investments. And uh, do you also do any joint GTM for the startups that you are funding? Yeah. So we haven't done that yet publicly or shown that yet, but that is something that we're working on. And I think for anybody that kind of sees what we're doing, it, it was kind of a natural progression for that as well. Those partners in particular also got access to our marketing teams and things like that above and beyond what other partnerships had at the time. Just the Zoom fund was new. And so we wanted to kind of launch the two in conjunction. So a lot of them got kind of the added benefit of, you know, Zoom doing something new in the market, as well as it's a new program that we wanted to kind of get the word out on as well. So making sure we had that amplification for those partners was key. Awesome. I think that's great. And now flipping back to the marketplace. So what are the major challenges that you faced when you launched the marketplace and the ISV partner program? And if you have to tell other partnership folks here about a few pitfalls that they should avoid, what would they be? Yeah. So for me, it was about volume to start. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, when I came to Zoom to go build this program, I knew Zoom was popular. But I had no idea the level of demand that was about to hit us inbound. It was literally pretty crazy for the first couple of months, just the amount of volume that was coming in. I told everyone that I interviewed on my team because I basically had one person on my team to start. 
And I had to quickly build a team fairly quickly. So when I was interviewing people, I would always say this, and I'm sure when they listen to this, they'll probably roll their eyes because they've heard this from me a million times. But the issue for us wasn't scale. The, the issue wasn't demand. So be prepared to come in and work. So that's really what we did. So we learned early on that we needed to really stay focused and disciplined and have to be okay with turning down a lot of opportunities. I think early on, looking back, I think the first maybe quarter or so, because we didn't have a good idea in terms of the volume we were going to get, it was really easy to think, well, hey, great. Yeah, let's work together. Yeah, that's a great opportunity. And before you know it, you have a list of 250 to 300 partners that you got to get back to and develop a plan and all that. And for two people, that was almost impossible. So we had to turn down a lot of things and be very specific about what we're looking for. We created forms and things for people to fill out uh, to help us close the gap in terms of manual and automation and things. And then we also really looked at being honest with ourselves around our culture and making sure that we had the culture in place of like continued improvement. Like turning things down isn't a bad thing, but let's learn from that. And if there's things that we can do better next time, then, then let's say, take that into account. In terms of other specific pitfalls, there's always that tendency, especially with Zoom, we wanna make everybody happy, that you wanna provide everybody the ultimate experience. And so we wanted to stay close to our values. We wanna make sure we're still having that level of happiness for our partners as well. And so we came up with kind of three key things that we kind of live by, kind of three pillars. So the first was around our platform. If our platform couldn't do something, like if we didn't have the APIs ready or things like that, that we couldn't put forth in order to really realize what a partner wanted to do, that we really call that out early on in the process and move on. Not forget, but just kind of move on, put it on in the placeholder so that when we do provide that feedback to product and we do have those APIs to do certain things, then we can bring that partnership more into fruition. The second was we really needed to be transparent. And this is where communication became really key. And I think working for Zoom came easy to us because we have tools like this that we could do video, we could look people in the eye, we can have that transparency, we can build that trust and really allow us to move quickly because we can kind of do that groundwork ahead of time. So being transparent with the partners as well was also really important. And then the third was that we needed to be happy, right? Our mission is happiness at Zoom, happiness for our customers, happiness for our partners and for our employees. And so we want to make sure that whatever we do together is going to further expand that happiness as well. So that goes back to the data we look at in terms of what people are asking for, other types of things like that, and making sure we're staying true to those values as we engage so that everybody's really clear in terms of like what we're looking for and what we can and can't execute on. Brilliant. In fact, I've experienced that firsthand. So when we engaged when I was on Freshworks with uh, Zoom, so the clarity that each conversation had was outstanding and it really helped us to navigate a lot of things when we were building the partnership together. So thanks for that. And my last question for you is, Paul, what is the future for Zoom's technology program? Where do you see it going? No, good question. Something that I spent a lot of time on. Now that we've got a pretty well built out team, 
now it allows me to focus on that's just the immediate, like the immediate thing in front of my face. I can actually start to strategize and work on the bigger picture. But we have a lot of plans for the program going forward. Our focus on our marketplace and the feedback that we've received from partners and customers will be taking shape in our marketplace soon. We're really excited about some of these new things we're going to be introducing over the coming months. And we think it's going to bring more visitors to our marketplace as well, which is already a pretty lively area. But we knew we could do better in terms of how people find things, the taxonomy we use to how we make things featured and propel partners that are really doing good things and starting to amplify that more and make it more discoverable for people versus I would say today, as we're recording this, we have a lot of stuff in the marketplace, but at the same time, it's a lot of stuff. The second thing is there's going to be a much more emphasis on building tighter connections between our ISVs and our program with our product teams and leaders. So for ISVs that are in our program, a lot of feedback we got and something that we tried out in our Zoom Apps program was weekly and monthly calls with on Zoom with our teams where we could share updates, we could have more discussion, we can do more Q&A, we can do, bring in different leaders from our organization to engage with them. And we got a lot of positive feedback from the partners that we piloted with that. And so we want to expand that some more as well over the, over the coming weeks and months. And then the third thing is around marketing. So we've done a lot of growth in terms of our marketing organization over the last, I don't know, three, four months. A lot of new people coming in, which means a lot of new work that can be done, a lot of bandwidth that opened up as well. So to really start to introduce more marketing into the partnerships, do more storytelling, more blogs, more join things together, and they're going to see more of that. And so we actually put a little bookmark out there. Probably not everybody knows about it yet, but we built a site under partner.zoom.us forward slash ISV, where that's going to be our just little beginning area where we're going to start to roll out some of these changes and things like that. But we actually handpicked a lot of these partners to be part of that site. And it really provides them a platform on the Zoom domain to get their story out and work with us in terms of doing more things. And so we'll be doing more of that and leveraging that site to do that as well. Amazing. I think uh, those are phenomenal insights. And for anybody who's trying to build a marketplace that scales so fast, I think this interview has been, is a gem, I would say. And uh, I would love to thank Paul for taking time from his busy schedule to come and talk to us and share the session with us. So thanks again, Paul, on behalf of uh, Cloud Software Association, looking forward to working with you throughout the year and across our partnership journey as well. Great. I love the experience, Rajiv, and I'm really glad you have this forum with the team and all that. Uh, really enjoyed today, so appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. If you like this and want more great insights on software partnerships, you've got to rate, like, and subscribe. And join us at thecloudsoftwareassociation.com. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, Content Allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. We'll see you on the next episode.